Hello, I'm Roger Baker, Executive Director of the Stratfor Center for Applied Geopolitics at RAIN. This podcast is brought to you by RAIN Worldview, the premier digital publication for objective geopolitical intelligence and analysis. Find out how RAIN can help you stay ahead of global events at rainnetwork.com. Welcome to RAIN's Essential Geopolitics Podcast. I'm Ryan Bowl in for Emily Donahue this week. Here with me today is Clara Brackbill, our Africa analyst, here to talk about elections in Kenya and Senegal. Thanks for joining me, Clara. Hi, Ryan. Thanks for having me. So Kenya had some recent widely anticipated elections uh, the day before yesterday. It's still early for results, and we know that we're starting to see the, the, uh, the numbers narrow. But what do we know so far? Yes. So these were widely contested um, elections. And we had um, William Ruto, who, um, although he's a deputy deputy president, um, had positioned himself as the opposition candidate um, running against Relia Odinga, who um, has run for president five times and is the former prime minister. And um, although, uh, you know, each candidate, the two leading candidates have flip-flopped in the polls um, since since the results have started coming in. Ruto, um, as of a couple minutes ago, leads Odinga about 50.4% to 49.18%. Um, so it's neck and neck and very close. And at this point, either either candidate could pull ahead. Um, and we are still looking at a situation in which there could be a runoff. Um, what's particularly notable, though, about that uh, the August 9th um, election day is that we have very little evidence of violence. Um, the most notable incident occurred in Wajir County, where um, clashes prevented elections from taking place, but that polling uh, locality opened peacefully the following day. So, um, you know, while, while violence was a was a large concern in the lead up to the election, um, we so far haven't seen much evidence of that. Although, you know, of course, that could change once results come out. So let's pivot to uh, another recent election in Senegal. Uh, Reporting says that the ruling party has suffered major losses. So is this true? And if so, uh, how did this happen? Yes, um, this is true. So Senegal's ruling coalition, uh, Beno Bakyakar, uh, lost its absolute majority in the National Assembly, which is the country's um, unicameral legislature, um, in those elections on July 31st, um, it, which was a fairly decisive win for the country's opposition coalition. And uh, BBY, the ruling, the ruling coalition, won 82 of 165 seats. And this is down from 125 seats that it won in the previous elections in 2017. So big losses there. Now, the opposition coalition won um, a total of 80 seats. So the absolute majority in Senegal is fixed at at 83 seats, which means neither coalition holds that absolute majority. Um, And this is the first time in Senegalese history that the president's party does uh, does not hold that absolute parliamentary majority. So, you know, the opposition coalition positioned this election um, as a chance to cohabitate with uh, President Macky Sall, who's who's the leader of the ruling coalition um, in parliament. And and they they wanted to do this in order to counterbalance what they described as Sall's economic mismanagement and also abuse of power. Now, of course, as, as we're seeing across Africa, um, economic grievances ranging from inflation to reduced purchasing power to depreciating currencies, high prices for, for everyday goods like food and fuel 
um, likely account for a large part of the opposition coalition's popular support on Election Day. So what does this mean for Senegal in the lead up to the general elections in 2024? What can we expect to see from the newly empowered opposition coalition? So one of the uh, big questions that's been dominating Senegalese politics um, in in recent months and, and perhaps years um, is the concern that President Macky Sall will seek an unconstitutional third term. Um, now, the opposition's success in those July 31st polls um, significantly reduces the likelihood um, of this happening, because in order to do so, uh, Saul would, would likely need to um, uh, pursue a constitutional referendum, and then that would need to be voted on in parliament. Now, as the ruling party no longer has an absolute majority, it's unlikely that that will pass. So um, that's that's one uh, you know primary implication of this election. Another implication is that uh, you know now now with parliament split as it is between um, 80 seats in the opposition coalition, 82 seats uh, with the ruling coalition, and then we have three smaller parties who hold the the last three seats. There's a concern about parliamentary deadlock and that, uh, you know, badly needed policies won't be able to be passed. Um, now, of course, this could work in favor of, of President Saul um, if he's able to to credibly blame the opposition for deadlock and for you know lack of support and, and governmental assistance, especially in this time of economic need. But it could also work against the ruling party insofar as as opposition leaders are able to blame President Saul uh, for for people suffering. So, in the longer term, um, we're we're likely looking at a, another um, highly contested election in in twenty twenty. When um, when Mackie Saul's second term is up. Well, I know you'll be keeping a close eye on, on the results of both of these elections and their longer term implications. Thanks so much, Clara. Sign up for the free Worldview newsletter from Rain. We'll send you regular updates on African geopolitics and the elections throughout the continent. Find out more at worldview.stratfor.com. That's worldview.stratfor.com. I'm Ryan Bull. Thanks for listening.